and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Emily Lint, and today's episode features Tina Robinet and Bana Anvari. Tina is a vice, senior vice president of Next Evolution of Work, New Transformation at TD Bank, leading organizational change to deliver increased speed to market at lower complexity and provide improved customer and colleague experience. Bana is a versatile technology leader with over 20 years of experience within digital marketing and financial services. She joined TD in 2011 and has since uh, been driving delivery strategy and agile transformations across multiple teams at TD Bank. In this episode, we discuss the complex and diverse nature of agile at scale in the finance industry, particularly the large finance industry. High compliance industries are just near and dear to my heart, so it was a great opportunity to learn from those in the thick of change in an industry, you know, not so classic for Agile. Continue on listening to hear their stories, inspirations, and advice as they scale Agile at scale and within finance. I hope you grab some nuggets of knowledge around how to scale your own transformations in a high compliance world. Thanks for tuning in to the Women in Agile podcast, and we hope you enjoy this conversation with Tina and Bana. Well, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. How are you? <laughs> Great. I'm really excited to get to talking to you guys today um, on this podcast episode. Um, but yeah, so welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast. Um, I'm your host, uh, Emily Lynn, and today we have uh, Bana and Tina over from uh, TD Bank. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Emily. So I wanted to ask you both. Um, so how did you find Agile? I'll go. I'll go first, um, Banna. Uh, so really excited to be here with you guys, talking about all the exciting stuff we're doing. I I first stumbled into Agile way back in the day when it was first being kicked up. Um, you know, back in the late '90s and early 2000s, I was working for technology software firms at the time. And during the dot-com craze, had an opportunity to start um, a small, a niche consulting firm in the U.S. doing B2B, B2C type stuff. And we were doing um, everything in Java then. And we, but prior to that, we had been doing a lot of iterative and rad development. And so we started dabbling in, in using Agile way back then. We were a very small firm and we were nimble. And so we had the opportunity to start dabbling in it. It was brand new at the time. Um, and so been been playing around with it for, for a while from that perspective. Oh, wonderful. Great. And you've just kind of been doing it, doing it ever since? Well, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I left, uh, when I left working with uh, software firms and went into banking, um, took a, a little bit of a screeching halt back into waterfall. Um, and then started pushing them back towards iterative type development. So ha- had a little bit of a, a break there. And then in the last, I would say, 10 years, really started pushing it more in, in the financial services industries again, right? So um, been, been back at it, trying to really use it to drive value across financial services. Bena, what about you? Well, um, almost similar journey. Um I started my Agile journey back in 2010-ish. I'm a software engineer. So back then I was with a digital marketing agency acting as a 
um, lead programmer, scrum master type of role, delivering a mobile application and e-commerce for large client across Canada. And then um, I had a small break when I joined TD back in uh, 2011. Um, I started wor working on waterfallish uh, project, but then when TD started introducing Agile as part of another transformation uh, program back in 2015, uh, that was the time that I went back to Agile, start bringing Agile to the organization. And since then, um, I've been working with a different Agile team in different capacity in the organization. Oh, great. Wonderful. Um, so, um, sounds like we got a lot of experience on the line, uh, both from, you know, coming back and forth from Agile and inside and outside, um, and then starting in the, like, the consulting world, uh, back in, like, the, the 2000s, the dot-com made the boom, you know, of it, so, sounds awesome. Um, you know, speaking of kind of that transition, so you both are active in the uh, women in agile space, like attending events, mentorship and podcasts, things like that, um, including this one. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> uh, what have been some key observations or insights that you're hearing from female agilists? And how do you think this shapes the field of women? We typically ask this, like, um, what have you observed about the role of the women in agile community over the years? Go ahead, Bannon. Why don't you take a hot pop? Oh, thank you. Well, um, I see, personally, I see lots of uh, engagement, excitement, and lots of opportunities. Um, one of the key things in Agile is, and in any type of role, but specifically in Agile role, is ability to um, build a relationship, ability to being nimble and then manage the change and uh, remove the impediments. And women's are change masters. That's why they're like, they're uh, very attracted to these new roles and they are very engaged and involved in the community. From the TD perspective and based on my activities in the um, most recently in Women in Agile Toronto and Women in Agile Nashville, um, the excitement is around um, having this um, traditional large um, financial institute, this very stable organization, um, um, opening all these new and excited roles that is hot in the market, uh, but then so it, it will bring some sort of like um, a great balance for the women in the industry. That's why they are very interested in the opportunity that TD can provide for them and in the opportunity because they are agilists. They've been working with tech consulting firm and whatnot, but they never had this experience to be pioneers coming to the financial institute and uh, being the change master, being the change maker, and then move the needle. Yeah, I was going to double down on that a little bit, Ben. I think that's right. I think um, 
I think it has really broadened and opened up so many additional opportunities for women, both women in technology and women in agile. I think um, when you think about the skill sets and the needs, as, as Banna pointed out, it, it fits into, you know, very much the multitasker, the, the um, organizer, et cetera. But I think it's really that it, it opens up so many new opportunities that, that, you know, a lot of women may not have saw as obviously in technology, but in agile, see a lot of different roles when you start thinking about product owners and release train engineers and scrum masters and, and coaches, obviously a really great one. So I, I think there's a lot of excitement because of the additional opportunities to really have an impact in a really meaningful way. Yeah, I those are both very like interesting points about being change masters, which I love that, Bonna. Thank you, thank you for introducing that to to, to us. So, um, being change masters, um, you know, in in life and in work, um, uh, mm-hmm. and how women kind of fill that role, um, and then and then looking at the diverse type of opportunities that are there. Um, I had a similar experience. Like I started out as a project uh in project roles and in process management roles within ITIL and ITSM Mm -hmm. and then like one of the experiences that I had was that the opening of a scrum master role um and even a release train engineer that was like I skipped a few steps from being project (laughs) coordinator to release train engineer but really it gave me the opportunity um and and from what you guys are saying gives gives women the opportunity to also lead in these different spaces, which, you know, might've traditionally been behind that, that hierarchy um, and gives just a little bit more diverse opportunities um, for different types of people. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So you guys were talking about, you know, now we're going to kind of dig into like TD bank and kind of what you guys are doing. So let's set the stage, you know, for listeners who are not familiar with TD Bank, um, can you tell us a bit about the company and roughly like how bigger how big are we talking, you know, in terms of technology services business, you know, things like that. Yeah, so um, TD Bank is a full financial services organization. Um, we also have a big insurance division as well as both retail wealth and cap markets divisions. Total, there are approximately just under 100,000 total colleagues across the the whole footprint, um, which is a global footprint. Within that, um, our technology organization is is around 10,000. And the scope of what we're looking to do is is across uh, the entire enterprise and global. We're rolling out um, scaled agile using the SAFE framework across the entire enterprise. What's really unique about what we're doing is we're doing this across business and technology at the same time and incorporating all of our enterprise type functions. So traditionally, you wouldn't see functions like risk management, for example, but we're we're bringing that into our model through something that we call the risk marketplace so that they can work hand in hand with the teams that are working in um, you know, our value streams and agile release trains, et cetera, so that we get real speed and agility across the entire footprint and framework of how we deliver. Um, within that, if if I can go a little bit deeper in terms of what we're doing, we're doing, um, we're using a couple of different structures and, and uh, processes. So we're organizing our business functions into what we call customer journeys, end-to-end customer journeys. You can think of them as end-to-end value streams. Um, and 
But however, we structuring our technology organization into something that we call horizontal business capability platforms. And we're doing that because we believe we're going to get more scale and agility out of those platforms and the opportunity to do more modernization and leverage more, um, more of the builds across multiple functions. And so what we do is within, a, within that structure, our journeys, we create our value streams and or our agile release trains, and we organize across the journeys and the platforms in, into those structures to deliver. And then the last piece I want to touch on, because this is really, really exciting, and, and Banner will be able to expand on this. We're moving to a practice model which is, is something that's very common in consulting firms, where you bring um, all of the, the people that are in a particular discipline under one structure from a development, a growth, a, a career mapping point of view. So it's really our way to really invest in the colleague so that we can get the development of the skill sets and, and, and bring those careers along. And so those, those people that get structured, the team members and colleagues that get structured into practices are then forward deployed permanently into the, the structures, the journeys and platforms. And those journeys and platforms are in like product-based um, teams with, with pods below them. So it's quite, it's quite a few moving parts. <laughs> yeah. And it's very large and complex. But we're getting really, really great feedback from the teams on the ground that are in the pods working about how how much they're enjoying it. We have we have lots, you know, it's truly an agile rollout. There is lots of continuous improvement that needs to happen and, and lots of opportunities. But yeah, early indication we have over nine thousand colleagues working in it are really, really enjoying it. Benna, did you want to expand on that? Or? Well, you covered everything. The only thing that I would like to add to that is uh, going back through the practices. Practices will be the enablers and then it's great colleague experience because it's true that they have the knowledge to help the platform and journey, but then they have a home. They have a community that they can go back and upscale themselves if needed. And it will bring yet another uh, great benefit to the organization with which means um, bringing the standard model across the organization, which is the key if you would like to um, have those continuous uh, improvement, productivity, quality across the organization of 100,000 people, you need to have these anchors that bring the standard model across the organization. Gotcha. Fantastic. Um, I'm kind of to when you're talking about practices, are you talking about kind of like a like communities of practice, basically? So like you have you have product owners, developing product owners, you have product managers, developing product managers, that kind of thing. OK, I'm, I'm seeing not. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so we do have like practices. We have software engineering practices. We have agile at scale practices, quality engineering practices. So different practices. Um, the expert with the same um, subject matter expertise work closer together, but they will be forward deployed to our journeys and platforms. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then kind of, it sounds like your platforms are like your, your, your base structure. Um, so really from what I've seen in the industry, and let me know if this is accurate, um, some some large transformations, um, you kind of start with integrating the architecture and creating these integrated platforms that then serve 
you know, for the, the products and the services and the internal customers kind of getting that aligned almost with your infrastructure and digital transformation so you can build that agile transformation on top of it. And that's, is that kind of what we're looking at? Yeah, that, that's really what we're doing. And, and we've started, you know, we started dabbling in, in agile as a whole, as Banna pointed out, you know, almost eight years ago now. And so we've been we've been dabbling in you know agile project methodology. We we did some value stream pilots, and now we're expanding that across the entire enterprise and all of our capabilities. And you're right; those platforms are what are our traditional technology functions, but also integrated with business functions. And so those are the foundation against which the product groups will will align to deliver capabilities. I see. Okay, um, and that kind of goes to. Um, my next question, which is really sharing a bit about this journey, right? So, um, you know, uh, Tina, you started in uh, 2017 um, and are really kind of the, the head of leaning it. Um, and, and as well as, um, you know, Bana, you've been involved um, in a lot of this process as well within the last several years. So talk about some of the some of the journey that you guys have had um and how you kind of got to this structure maybe like top mm -hmm. top two or three points that, you, that you've really been like this was a pinnacle pivot moment for us yeah um yeah so yes started all the the agile transformations generally not long ago and then we we really got into this scaled approach um about three and a half years ago now. And, and we went and saw a lot of different organizations, ING, DBS, you know, NAB Bank, uh, to see how they, what they were doing. Now they were in a crisis mode. We are not. We are looking about future proofing and, and getting speed and agility, but we learned a lot. And I would say, I'd say a couple of the pivotal moments were really, um, one, seeing the speed at which they were able to transform their banking services, not just their organizational structure, but really their value. Um, and then two would be really the, the colleague experience on top of, you know, obviously you get efficiencies, which allows you to invest more in more exciting uh, outcomes. But I'd say those are a couple of the key points that really got us on, on doing this at scale. And, and if I may, like, um... As Tina mentioned, the next, the last three years were pivotal, moving and scaling it up. Prior to that, one thing I, I think I personally loved from how we introduced Agile to TD was we took the this baby steps, learn from it, and pivot. And all of those things, I believe, was critical. Uh, for example, when I, I mentioned to you, like in 2015, we brought in Agile. It was like very, very early stage. We brought in um, Agile methodology to our project management office. So it wasn't even Agile, but we brought it in, tested it, and find out how it's going to work for TD. Then we took... a. a it's my pers personal experience. Basically, we took it to like um, one. We had like Agile Center of Excellence in different businesses. I was leading Agile Center of Excellence for digital technology channel, and then we, um, we took a portion of the funding that we had and we start testing this persistent pod to see what will happen if we have set amount of money and then uh, fix team members to deliver specific 
value to the organization. So all of those learnings, I would say, were the stepping stones towards the right direction. And then, uh, as Tina mentioned, like three and a half years ago, then like we i think we had all of our uh, experiences experiments in the organization and then have the big picture married these two together and head to the right direction that's awesome um so it seems like a lot of really you're you're you saw successes from other organizations right and you were already seeing successes with some of the implementations that you were starting to do and then it was as you guys were saying you were iterating you were creating baby steps to getting you to that point and um you know tina i want to i i love that in you've said it a couple times and it's something that i continue to have as like my one of my personal like things when i talk to like uh, the the C-suite or VPs or, or other folks is remembering that Agile isn't just for the customer; it's for the organization and for the people involved. That that if you know if you're if it's a top-down decision and, and a lot of it's getting put on them, um, you know, as the workers, as the people that are doing day to day, making sure that you're keeping them top of mind too. Like, is this is this overwhelming? Is this going to be something that's going to really bring them? joy and give give them a, a great place to be you know and kind of shaping your transformation for the workers that are that are there mm-hmm. um so when we're talking about all these different like benefits that you're you know that you're seeing in the organization you know tell me a little bit, bit about the process of like you know collecting that information and if there's anything else that you're really hoping to see maybe moving forward yeah, we've had um, we've had a really robust change management um, strategy and tactics around this because it is hard and it's you know when you think of coming from a traditionally hierarchical organization to trying to do something like this at scale, it's a big deal. Uh, you know where, where we were able to test and learn and pilot were small smaller groups. So um, we we have a lot of tactics that we use a, a number of different colleague sentiment tactics where we go out and hear directly from the colleagues. Um, both on broad and at different points in the transformation. So we can see one, how they're feeling as they become, you know, get brought along the journey, they get more and more educated, they're, they're out there. Um, and we use that to better and improve the way we're doing this transformation. We're, we're about 9,000 in right now. And we, we expect to be, you know, 25, 30,000 colleagues in total in this model. So we, we're getting the feedback that way. We also get the feedback through lots of fun um, activities like hackathons and, and various things like that where they come together. And we use that to have the colleagues help us solve it. So one, we're re-ingraining that, that culture mindset and, and how we expect them to actually work and deliver value to the customer. So we're, we're doing that tactic as well. And then, of course, our practices. Our practices are, are really key in being able to take the temperature of the colleagues that are in their practices to say, how is it going? Where can we improve? Um, so we have a, a number of different tactics that we're using. And, and really, it's all about you know really keeping that agile mindset, continuous improvement as we think about the operating model and how we're delivering, just the way we're trying to get the colleagues to think about continuous improvement in, in creating products and services for our customers. Great. Um, Do you have anything to add to that? Um, The only thing I would like to add is like, um, we are, uh, our colleagues are our assets. 
like uh, TD culture is like we care about our colleagues. And what we've done, uh, as Tina mentioned, like we are pivoting to this big model, we start training our colleagues. So we have a robust training uh, curriculum at the beginning of the uh, transitioning to this new model. And each role will go through that training. And we have the feedback mechanism to make sure that the colleagues are ex um, equipped with, with experience that they need to go to this new model. Right. Um, you know, as somebody, I kind of, I live in the, um, you know, scaled agile space. <laughs> That's primarily where I work in. And I've had a few clients that are, you know, like thousands of people and it can, it can be a lot. It can be pretty, pretty daunting. Right. So, um, you know, I've been in organizations where they're going through multiple different changes. They're doing a lot of the same things that you guys are doing and trying to iterate and taking in feedback and going to see, is it actually working you know, for people in the teams? Is it actually making people happier? Is it actually delivering more value? And I feel like sometimes it can be really hard to A, stay motivated you know be continue to keep that energy forward continue to be keep that momentum um but then also um you know staying motivated and not getting lost in the sauce right mm -hmm. that there's a lot that can you know i've been in with organizations where you're you're dealing with presentations and making sure we're showing the success of the transformation but also delivering value and also we well we can't really see the value until we do this and this and this and it can feel like getting so lost in like the process sauce, right? So how do yes. you guys kind of work through both of those challenges? Yeah, you know, it's been, um, it certainly has been a journey. And, and uh, the, the first functions that we started moving into this model have now been in it for about a year. Um, and so we're lucky now, because now we're at the point where we have proof points. We have colleagues that will say, hey, I was able to do this. I've never been able to move this fast. I had all the right people at the table in, you know, my cross-functional pod to make the decisions. So we have lots of great proof points now from the actual colleagues in the model saying this is what we're experiencing and feeling. Before that, um, it was a challenge. And as you're pointing out, you know, it's it's a good six months before the teams really start humming. And then it's, you know, anywhere from 12 to 24 months where you really start to see the value. But we've got we've got a number of metrics that we're using, things like cycle time, for example, and we're seeing that just removing the bureaucracy has already given us, you know, anywhere from a 10 to 20 percent improvement in, in cycle time. Um, we're seeing customer outcomes that were driving much faster than we would have in the past. Uh, we're seeing teams being able to make decisions, go into their backlog and pull work out when, you know, they get stuck because they're waiting on somebody else for something. They can keep working by just grabbing stuff out of their backlog. And instead of having to go through the dreaded, you know, collect a team, get approval, get funding and then do some work. Um, so we do have a lot of those proof points now, but we're also rolling this out in stages. And so, you know, by the end of this year, we're hoping to have a, a whole Canadian bank in, but that does mean it's a long change cycle. And so we, we just, you know, try to do a number of things, you know, between um, conferences and, and having sessions where colleagues get to hear from other colleagues or um, we get to go out and show the continuous improvement. And again, we like to have the colleagues talk about it. 
and talk about how it's getting better, um, you get a lot more buy-in and a lot more um, patience from both senior leaders and the teams on the ground that are getting ready to go through this when they can they can hear from colleagues that are going through it that it was hard and now it's great or it was hard and now it's better and getting more you know better and better so i yeah. think all of those things i love that so kind of like you know letting letting the story tell itself really um but then making sure that you have kind of those leading indicators speaking of safe <laughs> but in in what you're calling proof points as they these these are the things that we feel like we're going to be successful in let's actually see if we're starting to prove that out mm-hmm. and then giving you're giving your teams time, like kind of that assessment of six months. I, I usually tell clients, you know, if they're talking about, well, how long is it going to take for these PIs to really like do the thing? Um, and mm-hmm. I'm like three to four PIs. And that's like, so like three and quarters of a year. And I'm like, yeah, for a major shift in how you do work. Yeah. It's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take a little bit. Give yourself time. Yeah, it does. And, and uh, it's funny you say that. Cause that's what we were saying as, we saw the Canadian personal bank across our, our business and technology functions. It really was about the fourth PI before they really got it. Mm-hmm. And because we're shifting to outcomes and key results, OKRs, as how we measure instead of outputs, like we're not measuring, you know, project delivery without the, are we actually delivering the value? We're not, you know, old project methodology where it's, did you get requirements done? Did you get design done? Are you in testing? Um, and so the OKRs is really how we say, are you driving the outcome? It's interesting you delivered 20 different things. Are we actually moving the outcome? And that takes time to mature. So the PIs, just in terms of the process and how you do the work, but also are you doing the right work to drive the outcomes that you're trying to, to link the work to? And, and it does take time. But when they get there, they the, the excitement and the... Um, you know, feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm doing the right work now, more of the right work and less of the overhead administrative stuff. Um, though it's really rewarding. Great. Um, Bonna, maybe you can add to that in terms of like, you know, how that's translating now into like your practices and, you know, cause you know, it's a, it's a fun balance, right. Between standardizing, across an entire organization of like, these are the things that are being successful, but also recognizing that all teams are different and all parts of the organization will have their own different flavors to things. So how how is that starting to transition um, and you're, you know, keeping motivated, getting not getting lost in the sauce in terms of practices? Well, um, as Tina mentioned, like we are moving uh, towards like, um, measuring key objectives and practices are aligning their OKRs with platforms and their journeys. Um, So uh, we are, we know that we are not improving the practice for the sake of improving the practice. So if, for example, um, I'm just giving an example, platform is planning to deliver something fast to hands of customer that's one of their um, key objectives when delivering a benefit faster to the customer then practice will focus on how we can help them to deliver faster to the customer rather than just again like going through like a bureaucracy just 
improving the uh, processes and procedures for the sake of improving processes and procedures. So um, just a simple example, reducing the cycle time is top of mind for everyone across practice and across platform. Then agile at scale practice will focus on what can my practitioner do to help colleagues reduce their cycle time. Well, of course, we can focus on how we can um, breaking the work to the smaller chunk, how we can write a better user story, how we can focus on enhancing the quality of our MVPs. Then quality engineer practice will focus on Oh, how can I automate my testing and whatnot? So all these practices will come together to um, help our customer for, for our practices. The customer will be platform and journey. And then those guys would be able to help the real customer that is like customer of TD to delivering the value faster to them. So it is an end-to-end life cycle of the activities that needs to happen uh, with a high level of engagement with practices and platform and journey. Gotcha. Okay. So really, how do your practices, right? Like how, do, how does the work that's coming out of your practices and your agile processes, your, your different roles, how are they actually helping to move the needle forward in terms of your OKRs, which the example that you gave around cycle time, like, and I was even thinking about, you know, an organization, sometimes it can be hard to present a good value proposition for Agile at first and to say, mm -hmm. let's keep going with it. Let's keep, you know, even, even if things are a little slow to start out, mm -hmm. um, you know, and having that top of mind of like, if we want to reduce cycle time, okay we can do we can just do agile and it might work but then how do we make sure that we are actually moving the needle there and using the the industry experts that you guys have for solving some of those problems oh absolutely and and as as i mentioned we're measuring everything mm -hmm. so we are measuring everything to see that we are heading to the right direction and um as you know like there are lots of um great standard measurement for example dora matrix everyone know for devops perspective uh, we are measuring we're leveraging all those metrics to um first of all improve our practices introduce the nuances that we may not have before and then uh, move the needle toward the right direction yeah i was gonna say we with the practice model too because we have practices for all of the different disciplines um, DevSecOps is a great example of pushing that agenda forward in order to get more speed and agility. Um, same with quality engineering and test automation, right? Um, all of all of that stuff is is a big part of what the practices have to drive forward to enable the colleagues to be able to drive the right outcomes. So it's uh, it's definitely multi prong. Great. But it means that also like that's not all on y'all's shoulders. Sometimes I can exactly. see that where like, you know, the, the you, you're leading the transformation. It's like, okay, well, great. Um, when people talk about agile there, you know, it's like as complicated as business when people are like, well, what is agile? What is safe? You know, it's like, well, what is business? You know, yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's a huge piece of, of everything really. Yeah. So, um, but you're not all solving it um, within yourselves. Um, 
so speaking of kind of like the the people that you're working with, um, you know, you were talking about earlier around how agile creating like diverse career opportunities, um, you know, within uh, within your transformation. And again, I said, did you want, one of the reasons why I chose agile myself was it created some of this ability to to really lead without like with influence instead of authority going through the traditional management chain. So have you seen this play out at the bank and what's been your, been specifically your experience with women um, at TD Bank and kind of the success that you've had with different um, career opportunities for them? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, it's interesting. One, um, diversity is quarter who we are and it's in our DNA at TD. And so when we think about even the women pillar and what we're doing, you know, we've, we've made some subtle adjustments, but really important adjustments. Um, we went from women in leadership to women at TD is, is our pillow name now. And that was really to signify the fact that we understand it's not just about women in leadership, it's about women in TD and how do we build a diverse community that has all of the different opportunities wherever they want their career to, to take them. Um, and then within that, we've obviously got a women in technology and a, a women in agile um, focus within that. So I'd say um, we put a, a real focus on ensuring that we're giving people the opportunity to develop and take their careers where they want to take them. And that we've opened doors that they can take them anywhere in the organization. There's really no limitation as to as to where you can go and what you can do. And I think our agile transformation has just really brought that transparency and brought that to light even more across everything. You know, when we think about all of our different practices and how we're really bringing them to the forefront for people and, and how people can get engaged in them. I think all of that is really underlying how, uh, how we're seeing the, the various careers and opportunities evolve. And then, um, as we mentioned before, like we bring like technology and business in this model together. So that created another set of opportunity. Also, like we have all those traditional roles in the organization. We created from the agile perspective yet another uh, set of roles in the organization like the scrum master and then it created a new career path for them scrum master now they can go to release train engineer they can become a solution train engineer and then uh, or different career path to become a coach so like we uh, created lots of opportunity and um as Tino mentioned, like now they have like more and more uh, choices to make. And we purposefully um, focus on building a strong pipeline by partnership, uh, partnering up with um, people like Women in Agile um, or other organizations uh, to help us build our diverse pipeline to bring more and more diverse talent, specifically women, to the organization. <laughs> Yeah, oh, wonderful. Good. To, it's good to hear. And, and thanks for the shout out for women in agile <laughs> supporting your transition. Um, and, you know, was, I, I love the idea that you have the career path, because that's definitely something that I've heard with large organizations and kind of one of the reasons why agile HR can be such a such a big topic when you're starting a transformation, which is like, 
what's my benefit to becoming a scrum master? Like what's next, you know, because mm-hmm. traditional hierarchy, we, we have the setup of like that you project coordinator and then you go to maybe project scheduler and then you go to project manager, you know, and then you go to an actual manager. Like there's, there's that kind of how yeah. that looks, but a lot of that within agile really isn't, you know, known or there's not like steps to take to kind of, to kind of get to that point. Um, so I want to make sure that we get uh, to your your personal growth and in, in that kind of that final wisdom. But any final thoughts that you guys have about the, the diverse opportunities? No, I think we touched on most of it. I think um, the only other thing I would say is, you know, the project management job family really changes when you make the shift. And I would say traditionally we see there's a lot of women in that job family. And so really putting a focus on that, we've, we've put a focus on that in terms of how we upskill, reskill, and bring that community along. And we've seen some, some really, really great um, proof points from different colleagues that have moved into it that talk about the, the opportunities and the difference and how it's opened them up to lots of different opportunities, especially as Ben has said, because we're doing this across business and technology. It opens people up to jobs and in, in opportunities they wouldn't have thought of before. And so I'd say we also just really put a lot of focus around that job family. That's really cool. Um, I never thought about kind of creating a focus on those different families that really get impacted, but that's definitely uh, an interesting technique to use for large scale transformations because mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of people in those job families uh, that exactly. are going to be wondering like, what do I do? <laughs> now? Where do I go? Where's my career taking me now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, bringing it back to you guys, what are you guys doing for your own um, professional growth right now? What's getting you really excited um, or what are you, you know, what are you kind of reading up on? Yeah, for me, um, I'd say from a personal growth point of view, I think, you know, it's been really exciting for me and and opening me opening me up. You know, you talk about all the things you need when you do this type of a transformation and around how psychological safety is so important um, and that, you know, a bias to action and continuous improvement are so important. I'm a very detail oriented um, very structured. I'm a Virgo. If anybody's into signs, that will explain it all right there. And so it's been it's been a real it's been a real great opportunity and a great opportunity to be working, you know, down at the grassroots level with the colleagues um, and sharing my own growth, uh, you know, experiences with them because I think it really helps them to to open up and to feel safe to, to be able to articulate where they're challenged. And, and the same with the leaders that are going through this, because it's, it's probably a bigger change for traditional leaders, um, even more so than it is for the, the teams on the ground, right? Um, other, other areas I'm really excited about generative AI. I'm just so fascinated by this and, and how it's going to change our industry. And I think it is really going to be one of those step change things, not just another, oh, you know, computers are going to automate everything and now we're going to have no jobs. I think this is going to really fundamentally change how and what we do. Um, And hopefully for the better, so we can be doing way more exciting and creative work. Uh, So that's where I'm spending a lot of uh, a lot of my time just getting to understand it, really. Great. Wonderful. Um, Bana, you? That's awesome. I, I, I'm just saying my uh, two things that I'm very interested in is one is artificial intelligence. I'm, I'm studying a lot around it. The other one is data because like 
data is the future. It, uh, well, these two will change the future of uh, the workforce industry. And then I would like to understand how to uh, pivot my leadership style with like having the data available to me and better understand the risk around the data and um, like have the uh, more meaningful conversation with my technologist colleague. Uh, so uh, like those are my area of interest. And the other thing that I uh, continue focusing on is uh, staying curious and continuous learning. So uh, uh, those are, I think, those are the things that I'm, I'm continue focusing on. Great, wonderful, um, cool. So I, I'm also like blown away by AI and all the things that it can do, um, and uh, and what 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 it can really like serve us in the agile community is kind of freeing us from some of the some from some of the day to day and getting us iterating and doing things that are more fun and in in innovation uh, heavy. So mm -hmm. um, definitely very very cool on um, what's kind of coming out. So any final wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners today, um, kind of as your final thoughts? Yeah, I would just double down on what Vanna just said. I think, you know, being open to continuous learning, learning is everything, you know, and be very open in your, your approach to your career and your aspirations, because, you know, that windy snaky path is often more fun and takes you to places you never imagined. And just be a better version of yourself every day. So just one step at a time. If you uh, take one step a day, at the end of the year, you have uh, 365 steps ahead of yourself. <laughs> I love that. I love that thought process, which you don't have to run a mile, you know, run a, run a race every day um, yeah. to get way ahead of yourself. You can just like take, take a step and then you got 365 steps. If you just did that the whole time, which you know, can be really hard as, as women not to just be expert change managers, even for ourselves, <laughs> constant. Um, so, well, thank you guys for the chat today um, and all the thank great you. learnings. There's there's definitely some nuggets and stuff that I'm like, Ooh, that's really cool. Maybe we could follow up on that uh, on that space. But but um, really awesome uh, what you guys are doing and uh, keep up keep up the good work at such a such a big institution. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you. much. It was really an enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit and scrub.org. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. Go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find more inspiring podcast conversations.